David Adams here, the voice of the ring, and the following is a presentation of the Mancast Network podcast for the man in all of us. Hey guys, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Hall from Fight TV, and you're watching Opinion City on the Mancast Network, and I am a proud Opinion City girl. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Opinion City. I am your host, Ralph Heinmarch, and I am, of course, once again joined by our esteemed co-host who needs no introduction. It's my good friend, Sean Russell. Sean, what is going on this week? We have a lot going on this week. We actually have our very first, very special guest who just popped on the screen, he is none other than Ultimo Ant, the evolved Green Ant, the liberator of Lucha Lucha Ant Libre Wrestling. Love Lucha, it. Right. Ultimo, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I've been liberating Lucha Ant Libre all day long. Big liberator of the Lucha Ant Libre. Big liberator, big liberator. It's it's uh, great to have you on the show. We are super glad to have you. We thank you for taking your time out to talk to us on Opinion City. I am very excited to be here. Uh, I've known Ralph forever, uh, my whole my whole being, uh, to be honest, even before my original being. Yeah. Um, so it's great to be here and to meet you, Sean, for the first time. Yes, and it is great to meet you. So I actually uh, saw you back in your early beginnings at uh, 2018 King of Trios when you and the Resistance won the King of Trios tournament. Yeah, uh, that was a very long weekend in my life. Uh, perhaps <laughs> the longest of weekends in my life. <laughs> I've never done more wrestling in one weekend than I did that weekend. Yeah, that was a amazing, just an amazing show all around. And uh, I was rooting for you like the whole way, like the your whole team, because you had such a, an amazing story going into that um, event. You had uh, basically the colony was no more. You had Fire Ant going crazy, losing his mind, and then uh, you and Thief Ant came in and uh, saved the day, if you will, and you guys won the whole thing. Yeah, uh, that was. There's a lot that went into that. Um, I'm I'm glad we took the journey. Uh, I I do wish that I wasn't the one getting kicked in the face the whole time. <laughs> but, uh, Thief Ant yeah. uh, appreciated me taking the lumps. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um very very cool time. Uh the the storytelling was um you know phenomenal just watching the whole weekend and you know you had this sort of groundswell behind you guys that was just building the entire weekend and by the time we got to those finals people were so hot to see you guys win. It was just it, it, incredible storytelling um just incredible on everybody's part. Yeah. That was uh that was one of the few times where I've um 
that weekend there's so many good matches to see hmm. uh that i we we i walked away from some of our strategy meetings to go watch wrestling nice um, yeah we'd nice. be talking about what uh what method of attack we wanted to do and hmm. uh, i believe the one match was uh quack versus uh madison eagles and i yes. said excuse me <laughs> I'll be back when this is over. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that, was, that was a long time coming as well. So people were like hot to see that too. Right. We, we had to flip a coin who on our team was going to go out and uh, go watch that because the wow. other one had to stay back and, and make some plans. Yeah. Uh, and I, I won the coin toss handedly, uh, mostly because I used my own coin and didn't let them see what it was. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it myself said that was definitely heads and, oh, and man. off I went. <laughs> good good call yeah. so how did you evolve from green ant to autumn ant uh well that was the the funnest of stories because um as history goes with green ants eventually uh they have to evolve uh there's there's never been a green ant that stayed a green ant um that's seen by the last green ant becoming silver ant yes um, yes and uh seeing as uh the likelihood that anyone is coming out of the anthill uh, after me um, was, is, is very slim. Uh, at the very <laughs> least, I know I'm going to be the youngest ant out of the hill because uh, we've picked up our, our colony and moved it uh, across places and not really mm. many wrestling schools where we moved the colony to. Uh, but uh, being the last ant out of the hill, uh, I thought that that would honor me some uh, some recognition as as the last ant, the Ultimo ant. Um, of course, I might have stolen some of the name from uh, some great wrestlers uh, who may or may not be on my list later on. <laughs> Ooh, Ultimo yeah, Dragon! Oh. Little teasing, I did see teasing the list already. Love teasing it, already. teasing it, not, yeah. not giving away. If we haven't, uh, I did before at the, at the at the top of the show. This week's main topic is top five favorite masked wrestlers. So right. yeah, and, and while. Cool. Ultimo Dragon may or may not be on my list. I did <laughs> see him since I took on the Ultimo Ant moniker. Ooh. And he did not beat me up, so therefore I took that as permission and an <laughs> endorsement nice. from Ultimo Very Dragon. Cool. Very good. Yeah. He the Ultimo name. Very good. It's like he, yeah, passed, that... he, he passed on the torch to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I did dropkick him one time in one match uh, as Green Ant in New York City. Um... Uh, I he got in the ring in my face, and I said "pa pow" and kicked him right on, right on the chin. So I think he saw my uh, my resilience, my uh, integrity, with that firm drop kick to the chin, yeah. and he said, "That's a guy I want to to carry on the Ultimo legacy." Exactly. Or he didn't remember me. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Either well, way, it was passed on to you. Yeah. <laughs> Either well, way, that's... he didn't complain. That's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a very Ultimo story. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, yeah, so as you as you kind of mentioned, um, you and I have have known each other for a long time, even before the uh, the the Green Ant days. So let's let's talk a little bit about kind of how you got your start. Um, you know what really what really got you into the into the world of wrestling. Um, what made you want to be a wrestler? Yeah. Uh, so I come from a, a lovely family who has watched wrestling generations uh my nana uh used to go to the wrestling shows uh when she was a kid uh where they had wrestling shows back in the 
the 60s and, and 70s and the 50s. Lord, if I know around here, but uh, she would go there and then go hang out with the boys after the show because she was a she was a looker back then. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my father uh, would would also go to the shows because he lived in South Philly, so that made it easy for him to go to all the uh, the WWF shows. In the uh, he worked at a, a local Denny's where they would come in and eat, so he's watched wrestling forever. Very cool. Uh, and so growing up, wrestling was always on the TV. Uh, and I've been trying to figure out what uh, family we were during the Monday Night Wars when I uh, was was going through kindergarten and remember watching TV. But uh, I believe we were a channel uh, flipper family. We had no mm-hmm. no allegiance. It wasn't a we weren't WCW or WWF. We were wrestling, which was always fun. Yeah. Uh, one of my the first independent wrestling show that we went to was in my town. Uh, and looking back at the card, a uh, wild time. It was a, a pro, uh, I think it's a zero one USA show. Ooh, uh, wow. It's the one uh, famously or infamously as it may be where CM Punk, uh, CM Punk uh, pooped himself in the ring <laughs> and continued wrestling his match against his Japanese opponent. Sure. But the important part, was I saw Dustin Rhodes for the first time in person. Oh. It was massive and uh, almost hit the chandelier in the building on a suplex. Wow. Oh, wow. As a kid who used to go to my uh, my young rec league uh, banquets to collect my small plastic trophies mm-hmm. in that very room, seeing someone almost kick the chandelier uh, sent my mind into orbit that this was a possibility, that there was wrestling not in arenas, but in smaller rooms. Sure. Uh, and then uh, I started falling into Chikara. Uh, I was going to those shows since 2007 and 2008. Um, went to as many Philly ones as I could get my parents to to come to and bring me to. Um, saw that there were people that looked, uh, you know, not like what I imagined WWE people to look like wrestling and went, I could, I could want to do this. Uh, I even pitted what school I would go to. Again, uh, there's a match against uh, Quack and Delirious in a King of Trios tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Masters of a Thousand Holds versus, I believe it was just um, Incoherence. Yeah. And I oh, said, yeah. the winner of this match, that's the school I'm going to go to. I believe nice. Delirious won, and I didn't go to his school. So <laughs> I lied to myself there. <laughs> you lied to yourself. You lied to yourself. Oh yeah. Um yeah, I, I yeah. wound up at the Wrestle Factory. Um especially after seeing all the other ants that have passed through there. Mm-hmm. Um uh I went to one of the uh they had a, a tryout where one participant would get uh free tuition. That was eventually won by Travis Huckabee. But Crumbles and Defarge were there. There was a few people that wound up in the uh in the school. It all went to this uh, workshop to try to get free tuition. Yeah. And, oh wow. Uh, and then, cool. yeah, a few months later, they started doing the uh, the O one series, which were seven week chunks of pro wrestling classes. Um, and I I happened to work around the corner from the Wrestle Factory, so oh, wow. I had I had both money and a location that was very convenient. Um, yeah. Nice. I started going. Uh, started learning under Ophidian. Uh, learned all the snake moves. And uh, that wrestling falling on the canvas while miserable 
wasn't the worst <laughs> thing I've done in my life. And I said, this could be for me. And I stuck around for as long as they'd let me stay around in the O1 series. Um, eventually they were like, hey, kid, it's either time to sign up or, or get out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, once you've been bitten by the wrestling bug, there's no getting out. Uh, yeah. Terry Funk will tell you that. Once yeah. you're in, you're in for life. Yeah. Um, so uh, who was your favorite wrestler to watch growing up? And was there one wrestler or wrestlers that made you want to become a, a pro wrestler? Yeah. Uh, growing up, I it's always I I want to say the Hurricane, which is kind of an odd answer. I always loved watching the Hurricane or Tajiri, like that whole cruiserweight division uh, where everyone was moving at speeds that weren't used to the bigger guys, like the Kevin mm-hmm. Ashes of the world. Yeah. Uh, TNA's X division. Oh, it blew my mind. Alex they Shelley the, and Chris. They are my Saban. favorite to watch right now oh, and have been for a I, very long time. I told myself that uh, I needed to be their size because uh, they're billed at 5'11 and 185. Uh, I'll let you in on a secret. I met Alex Shelley once. He is not 5'11. <laughs> and uh, and uh, again, yeah. the illusions of my life were shattered in that moment. And I said, oh, no. Yeah. I thought I was on path to be a good wrestler and I need to put on more weight now. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. That's a. Uh, uh, that's some great answers there. Um, you know, the hurricane's really interesting because if you look at a guy like the hurricane, you know, people that knew him before the hurricane as, as Shane Helms knew, you know, how really talented he was. And then you see him kind of combine that with a bit of the sort of sports entertainment side of things with everything, you know, he did with the hurricane gimmick. Um, it's, it's the perfect marriage of, you know, sports entertainment and athleticism and, uh, when I when I watch you wrestle, you know I I see the exact same thing. Like you've got that perfect blend of, you know, a, a a really really great character, something that people can really get into, but you've also got that, you know, super athletic side to it. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you think I'm super athletic. Uh... <laughs> you can do certain yeah. things in the ring that I'm sure nobody in this uh, current podcast can do, other than you. Yeah. Oh, that's uh... for sure. I think if you gave me three days with you guys, I could get you doing the same thing I've been doing. <laughs> that that's that sounds like a challenge for somewhere down the line, but uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know confidence. about that. I appreciate your confidence in me, but I don't yeah. I don't I don't I don't think we see that. <laughs> so um, it, just to kind of circle back to the the Chikara training, um, so uh, did you? Um, had you known, um, you know, about the school, had you, was it that maybe you, you saw wrestlers that came from that school that you thought that that was really kind of where you wanted to go? Uh, what really made me want to go there was how much they taught, um, all the different styles of wrestling that they taught. Um, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure even watching some of my matches, you realize that I don't like just one style of wrestling. And like, if you watch, me against a series of opponents maybe even like uh the young lion the last young lions cup uh the opening round was uh joshua wells at vertigo and the spoiler and each one of them comes with a different style into the ring um i love that because it allows me to to pull from my brain how each of them are going to come at me um and and adapt to how they do it um Mm -hmm. joshua wells was uh really big into chain wrestling and I smoked them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I I definitely think, and and everybody that's on this podcast, I think, can kind of uh, attest to this. But when you looked at um, when you looked at Chikara as a promotion, and then when you'd go and see other uh, promotions, other indie promotions that that had wrestling schools as well, um, I think this was one of the big reasons why Chikara was uh, such a draw to people as well. Is that the wrestling in Chikara was just uh, leaps and bounds above what you'd see from, from other indie companies, especially the guys that were just coming out of training. Um, you know, guys that came out of the training school, uh, the, the wrestle factory at Chikara, uh, I mean, they were ready to go. Like there was not, there was not a learning curve. There was not like they were ready to go and you could visibly see the difference between that and some other promotions where, you know, they had wrestling schools and those guys just weren't as well prepared. Yeah, there's a uh, part of the Wrestle Factory um, curriculum uh, to peel back the, the, the layers of their curtain a bit. Uh, there was a beginner class, and to advance out of the beginner class, you had to perfect um, or show mastery of, of like 88 moves. Um, you would wow. take a test, and uh, Quack would sit on the on a bleacher or outside the ring. You would have just a partner in the ring, and he mm-hmm. would say a move like. Sometimes it was a victory role. You had to get into a victory role and perform it safely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sometimes it'd be a string of things that you would have to then put together on the fly and and show that you could do these moves safely. And that wasn't to graduate out of the school. That was then to just put you into the advanced class. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. That's interesting. And then the advanced class taught you... I mean, there were nights with, with Mike that we were spending... I two hours was the class time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we'd stretch it two and a half or three. Um, and then depending on the night, I'd be there an hour after everyone left, uh, just going over anything I needed to do over. Uh, there's a lot of rope trick moves that were happening at the time because Phoenix, uh, Ray Phoenix was picking up speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, I want to learn all the things that he does. So I spent a lot of time there just learning how to bounce off of ropes. Um, but yeah. you you spend a lot of time in training, one, mastering your basics, and then moving into an advanced class that really polishes uh, those basics and then adds in any of the thousand holds that Mike Quackenbush has hmm. to disseminate out to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I can <laughs> yeah. only imagine what, you know, sitting under that learning tree must have been like. That's incredible. Wild yeah. times, uh, especially uh, for my you know, group of students. Uh, I was uh, the unofficial official uh, class stenographer and record keeper. Uh, keeper. So any new move we taught went into my journal. Uh, with, this is the official name. And this is the official way to do it. So if anyone ever, uh, you know, questioned what, what moves that there were out in the world for a certain uh attack or you know in defense of things uh yeah. they would be coming to me and i would flip open the rolodex and say, this is what we got today that's crazy that's very going, cool going back to your time in jakara what do you remember most fondly about working with them uh i really it's it's the thing i miss so much right now um i really miss uh a consistent schedule with consistent training partners Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that's training has always been my favorite part. Uh, performing is, is fun and exciting at times. Uh, but it's also very stressful, very yeah. like, 
you have to be ready for a lot of different things and thinking about a lot of different things while you're performing, like making sure you don't kick some old lady in the front row as you jump out <laughs> of the ring and then <laughs> apologize profusely. Uh, but uh, during training, like, oh, like the gloves are kind of off. You get to, you get to be more free, uh, get to experiment a little bit more. Um, and like being in a ring that I knew, uh, with people that I knew, um, and I knew who I could trust and who I couldn't trust with certain things. Uh, that part was was the most exciting to me. Um, that and uh, the long road trips, where uh, a, a typical road trip partner for me would be a uh, Yolanda, the the merch lady. No, oh, nice. Uh, oh yeah, nice. And so she was always a hoot. Uh, Yolanda and uh, and the Cajun crawl dad were always huh. were, were in my car, and let me tell you, the two of them together. Uh, there are plenty of stories that would get the Cajun crawl dad uh, looked at by some authorities. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, that I can only imagine that must have been a, a crazy car because I mean, you know, either one of them by themselves is just you know insanity, but the two of them together, you know, and then coupled with you, that's 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 I'm sure that's a great story in and of itself. Just you know those car rides. Right, I'm I'm pretty tame. Usually, you get me now around the Cajun crawl, Dad. <laughs> you might get a little more out of me. Uh, yeah. But but the Cajun crawl, Dad, Yolanda and I together. Uh, I I am the voice of reason. Uh, but that voice and reason is skewing the spectrum a bit. Keep <laughs> uh, <laughs> up with any of them from Jakara right right now? Sorry. Do you, you keep, keep up, up with them? any of them right now? Oh yeah, both of them uh, all the time. Uh, uh, Cajun crawl dad, uh, rest in peace, uh, almost daily. Um, and, uh, and Yolanda uh, weekly, uh, <laughs> almost daily. I, uh, I got my Ouija board out and, uh, we talk about the Bayou. Oh beach. boy. So, oh, no. yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're, uh, obviously you're around with uh thief amp, but is there, is there anybody else from Chikara that you really kind of, I mean, I know you probably see some guys on the Indies here and there, but is there anybody else you really kind of, uh, you know, uh, have kept contact with since yeah. things went down. Yeah, the air show, the uh, the birds has always been to me. Nice. Uh, always talk to them, keep up with them yeah. frequently. Um, yeah, Electro, uh, he and I talk every day. Yeah. Kind of, uh, Huckabee sometimes. Sometimes I'll send Huckabee a text message. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it's to ask about how, how Mama Huck is going. Uh, <laughs> not nice. so, uh, he can He can kick some bricks, but Mama Huck will always be number one in my heart. Um, oh yeah, listen, I I I sat next to her at many a Wrestle Factory shows. Yeah, she's a treat. My my yeah, favorite she, of the fanta- moms. She's she's <laughs> definitely fantastic. Uh, sometimes sometimes I see the King Crab, um, and let me tell you about the King Crab. Now that he's a king, uh, those pinchers are mightier. I don't like him. Uh, <laughs> pinches me more. He doesn't yell hermit crab as much, but he just yells King Crab twice as often and. Oh, I don't know. That's a long car ride when we're together. Oh, I bet. I mentioned it earlier that I was at the uh, event where you and the resistance King of Trinos Tournament Cup. Would you consider that one of your biggest defining moments in your career so far, or is there something else that might have topped that? No, I think uh, I think winning King of Trios uh, that year in that way with that team. it's tough to top uh currently 
uh, as as the biggest things I've done. I mean, I've wrestled in Japan. I've I've gotten heart punched by the great Sasuke. Oh wow! Uh, but like badge of honor, right there. Yeah, right. right. Badge of honor for sure. Yeah, I mean, in that same match, uh, I had the uh, the Brahmin brothers. Uh, one of them was uh, kickboxing with me and punched me in the face a lot. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a suitcase thrown on me. Oh wow! Uh, by one of them. Uh, so I, I've done I've done some crazy things. Uh, but I think winning King of Trios is 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 a very defining moment, especially how much King of Trios has meant to me. Uh, as a fan, as a performer, uh, that was that was very much. Uh, I don't want to say the peak of my career, because uh, that's a sad time to have a peak one year into it. <laughs> one year uh, in, yeah. But uh, it's definitely a crowning accomplishment uh, for me. Mm. It's one of those ones that you can tell people, and people, go, oh wow. Um, yeah, I I think that if you look at um, indie wrestling in general, you know, you have these things that are kind of like these um, sort of watershed events they have like this aura around them and it's almost like you know how people revere wrestlemania there's certain things on the indie scene that like are are, are just um you know constantly revered like that and I, I feel like king of trios just because of you know what it is for one and and how long it was around and just if you look at the the names over the years that have have gone through king of trios that have come through the chikara doors by way of king of trios i mean you're talking you know, worldwide, uh, reach here. So, you know, and listening to some of the, uh, listening to, you know, like Quack and Bryce talk about, um, you know, just putting that event together and, and what it took every year, um, you know, it, it gives you a real appreciation, you know, for what it is. And that was probably, I, I think that year was probably one of the, you know, sort of really biggest and most important, you know, king of trios just with the storyline that they were telling with you guys winning um you know having that sort of you know homegrown shikara team really take the tournament um you know it it, it was really a, a big year for that right it had been years since a shikara team had had picked up a win in king of trios like that yeah. uh so i was very excited to break the outsider streak um i was very excited to to, to win that match and and it over with uh it's a long it's it's four matches in three days yeah uh, brutal opponents ruling uh i've we started off with the proteus wheel who uh two 300 pound guys two and big uh, guys and a mm. 200 and some pound monster big men just everything they do hurt um <laughs> even when even when it looked like it wouldn't be something that would hurt like just a boot to the face from them. It's mm-hmm. it's a thirteen and a half foot shoe. Sometimes <laughs> that's yeah. my head. Uh, that's the whole time. No fun. Yeah. And half an hour with fist on the second night. Yeah, that just, was a yeah. crazy match too. Yeah, uh, I left that match. Tony Deppen uh, smacked me so much, I had bruises down the side of my neck, uh, just from getting Ooh. slapped by him. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the Beyond team, which was Chris Dickinson, uh, Brian Malonis, and Cam Zagami. Uh, Chris Dickinson, strongest man I've been in the ring with, uh, especially up to that point. Just can pick you up and move you whenever he wants. Uh, that was a wild time. And then going into the Australians, uh, Mick Moretti uh, and the rest of his nations uh, were just, those guys, 
the Australians, let me tell you, uh, to be incredible wrestlers, they're just, they're so good and they're all stuck on their own continent. Uh, <laughs> and when they break out, like every time they reach out and people see them, it just blows minds because they're insane. Uh, just an incredible set of guys. Yeah. That year is really interesting. You you yeah, look at like the same thing. a lot of the, a lot of the teams, like you, you have like a lot of, and just the three teams you talked about, you know, uh, beating in the tournament, you have such, you know, such talents on all of these teams and in completely different ways. I mean, you know, you had, you had the fist team that just, um, you know, the, the technical side of things and just the, the, the wrestling was, was so good. And then you have the, the beyond team. I mean, Chris Dickinson goes hard every minute of every match. Like that guy just, you know, he's, he's a, he's a brick. Like that guy just goes hard. Um, but you had so many different talents in, in so many different ways, you know, throughout those matches and just to be able to kind of, you know, showcase all that, all that talent as you're going through. And, and, and you guys were really, you know, coming out on top in each match. It just, uh, it, it shows you the, the magic of, of King of Trios, like everything you get to see at, one of those tournaments uh, it just kind of shows you how you know really special a time that was yeah i was grateful to be a part of it um yeah. even just the people like that i could meet through the locker room were just mm-hmm. incredible sure um, uh, ray bucanero i picked him and uh kikotaro up from the airport oh. the night before which uh let me tell you as a as a People, as a group of people that you didn't think would know each other, but then knew each other, mm-hmm. uh, incredible. Uh, Kikotaro said my uh, air, my car needed better air conditioning. Um, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was what I left him with on that first night. <laughs> nice, wow, um, nice. But uh, just uh, Katie Lee Birchall, uh, getting to see Katie Lee Birchall in person. Oh, huge <laughs> crush from her pirate days. She wasn't even a pirate then. Yep, yeah. Oh. Uh, those those yeah. were the days, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I find it interesting that uh, you make your own masks and some other wrestlers' masks. Yeah. How yeah. did you uh, my... come to learn how to do that? Uh, great time. Um, so in Chikara, uh, as you start getting close to graduation, uh, there was a group of uh, wrestlers, uh, sometimes referred to as the Moveset Boys, uh, sometimes just by uh, enhancement talent. Um, <laughs> and so uh, it came my time to become uh, an enhancer. Uh, but the mask that I was given didn't, didn't fit really. Um, it was very tight uh, to my face. I, could, I couldn't look at it out of it without uh, doing the razor hawk look up. Yeah, yeah, It was, yeah, it was yeah. very not, uh, <laughs> not well fitting. Uh, and so I had schemed with Yolanda in secret uh to try to learn how to make a wrestling mask uh because at the time uh closet champion was making these masks for us mm-hmm. uh and i thought it would be the uh the greatest dishonor to go back to uh kate and uh ophidian and say hey this mask doesn't fit can you redo it um yeah and so i schemed in secret to try to learn how to make my own wrestling mask um pulled up tons of YouTube videos that were of, uh, of zero help at the time to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I made a lot of masks that uh, were not very good. Um, I learned how to rip a lot of masks. Ripping a mask is very satisfying. 
So I would make a mask that was terrible. <laughs> and then I'd cut a little hole in it and I'd go, rah! Like nice. I was in some yeah. sort of a... Uh, the best uh, feeling. Probably the yeah, best like feeling. I was in a match in Arena Mexico. And uh, <laughs> I was taking apart my, my greatest rival before I won his mask off. him. I was like, rah! Rip that thing open. Uh, yeah. Very satisfying ripping noise. Uh, and after about uh, 12 attempts at this, uh, I realized I was not going to be able to make a mask of my own. Uh, and so I, I hung my head in shame and went to Ophidian's house and said, hey, uh, the mask that you made me doesn't fit. Uh, I've been trying to make one that does. Uh, I've been unsuccessful. And he said, uh, well, show me what you've got. And I showed him, you know, 10 ripped masks and two ones that were... Uh, He's still kind of in pieces. And he said, well, these are terrible, uh, but it's a start. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and he said, uh, here, I'll, I'll teach you how to make one now. And so I apprenticed with them for a little bit, uh, broke off and started doing some of my own masks. And then uh, at this point, I've uh, we're, we're kind of, I don't want to say we're on the same level because the masks they make sometimes are, are leagues above the, the uh, detail that I could do because uh, they are, like the way Kate's mind works for patterning and stuff is, is mm. incredible. She's done this her whole life. Yeah. Um, but uh, sometimes we call and trade secrets with each other on how to how we would do certain constructions. So, so uh, who else have you made masks for? If I can ask. Oh, oh, that's uh, that's a list that I should have oh. written down more. <laughs> it's uh, a long list, huh? It is. It's uh, man, I've done uh, some still life ones. I did Ursa Minor in the night sky had a uh had a pullover one. There was a point in time where I was the guy to come over. If you wanted an elastic neck, mm-hmm. uh, you, you would come to me and I would, I would ask for some weird exchange because I didn't know how much to charge for masks at the time. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'd like uh, still life one at one. And I said, Hey, uh, you give me some masks designs and, or some t-shirt designs and I'll give you a new mask. Oh um, yeah. Ursula minor gave me a, a custom green ant action figure. Uh, That's awesome. Oh, wow. It, it it is on the same quality that you would find at a dollar store, but boy, <laughs> was it cool to have uh, yeah a, a, a custom painted action figure. Um, I've I've done uh, Boar's mask. Boar has a new mask that's uh, all black with a uh, chrome uh, sickle. That oh, one's cool. mine. Uh, very exciting. That's yeah. won a championship in that one, so that's always my favorite when I get to see wins on yeah. my end. Uh, yeah. I've, and I've had uh, Carrie Awful's gotten a few from me down south. Uh, mm-hmm. There's why were they not the first on my list? My my UK boys that had been messaging me uh, for weeks uh, after the WrestleMania that was in New Jersey last. Mm-hmm. I believe it would been 2019. Uh, Kid Lycos 35. Yeah, Kid Lycos uh, messaged me for a mask. And from Kid Lycos, I made his mask, Kid Lycos 2, his uh, stand-in while he was injured, and now his tag partner. Uh, from Kid Ly- the Lycoses, as we call them, uh, <laughs> I got uh, – oh, he had a name before. He was a very goopy-looking face guy. But then uh, he also got me his tag partner, Splits McPin. It was a bowling ball. And so I've had oh. – a, ser- a series, uh, L.K. Mezinger, that's his name. There uh, we go. Very goopy face man uh, yeah. with half of his head off. Uh, yeah, so I've done 
I've had my fair share of, of, of interesting people come through my uh, sewing room. Uh, here, I've done wrestling gear as well. I make my own outfits, the, the, the new Ant Hill stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all been mine. Uh, I did Wheeler Yuta's uh, white and gold and silver gear, the, uh, the tribute gear to Silver Ant. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's cool. So yeah. that, that was stuff he, that's taken me to. I get to check off Ring of Honor, MLW, and AEW with that gear. And that's always made me exciting. Now I just need WWE. I need some some guy from WWE Somebody. to call me up and get a mask. Speaking of yeah. masks, do we want to go through your number five pick for oh. favorite masked wrestler? Let's do it. I'm excited. Yes, as I pulled up my list. Number five on my list of favorite masked wrestlers. I would like to name the whole family, but that would mean more than one person in this spot, so I'll choose my favorite of the family. Brazo de Plato. Ooh, uh, that's a really good pick. Who uh, later turns into Super Porky when he gets unmasked. Mm. Uh, but the whole Brazo family, in terms of trios wrestling, are my favorites. Uh, they are hilarious as bad men. They are hilarious as good guys. Uh, even when they lose the mask, they have the most creative spots I've ever seen. Mm. Um, the perfect blend of comedy and wrestling and seriousness when they need to be. Very cool pick. That's a really I good like pick. it a lot. Uh, great way to start off your list. Um, let's, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll get your number four now and then we'll, uh, talk a little bit more. Oh no. Yes. Sorry. My list. Just, uh, uh, okay, number four <laughs> on my list. Uh, be a, a current wrestler, CMLL, uh, currently getting ready to set up for a hot Mascara versus Mascara match. Uh, Templario, he's a big base god. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, uh, I spent many hours trying to emulate his moves um, mm-hmm. in wrestling practice after hours, after everyone left. He does this very sweet... Uh, jump to the middle rope and then twist to, to the top rope and come mm-hmm. off with a drop kick. I believe I tried to hit Colt Cabana with that one day. I remember trying to do his move in a match, failing miserably. Oh uh, no. Uh, but to watch that man wrestle, incredible. Uh, one of uh, my mask making friends, uh, Gyarados actually made a fusion mask of uh, Green Ant and Templario for a mask making march. Uh, as a gift to me, um, it's the only was, mask that I own that has no eyes. That's really was that cool. was that on your was that on your Twitter? Because I feel like I've seen that. Uh, I definitely took a picture with it. Yeah, I think uh, I saw a picture training of it. at a cheeseburger uh, worldwide dojo oh. night with the with the birds. Nice. So it's definitely probably on my Instagram, likely on my Twitter. Yeah, I wrestled I th- Travis Huckabee at a at a camp leapfrog with it one day. Very cool. Um, so you had mentioned before about Japan. Um, have you, have you been outside of the country anywhere else? Does Canada count? Cause, cause well, technically, I mean, sure. I think that counts. out of the country, I think right. it, counts. it doesn't feel like out of the country sometimes, but it's, it's, it's no longer in the U S no. uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have a passport and everything. Yeah, I was to say, I think now, you need so. a passport to go somewhere. It's definitely out of the country. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've done Canada. I want to say mm-hmm. three times now. Um, okay. Oh, that's I'm cool. Currently winless in Canada. Uh, oh, no. So if more Canadian wrestling companies would like to bring me up so I can try to rectify that situation. 
uh, I would be grateful. Yes, and you yeah, can your win back. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get yeah. uh, we gotta get Ultimo Ant trending in Canada. Yes, yeah, for sure. Oh, for three in Canada is a, oh, not three. a great way to yeah to go. <laughs> well, listen, um, you know, you, you may be oh for three, but I'm sure you put on a good show. Ah, uh, this uh, my last Canada trip uh was was a match that uh reinvigorated my wrestling spirit. Um, I wrestled uh this man. Excess and his his son Excess Junior, um, uh, Excess uh, is a Canadian wrestler from the uh, Quebec area. Broke in with uh, El Generico and Kevin Steen. Oh wow! That's got really injured, fun. came back with 2.0, got injured again, and now he's running around with his son. His son is is 16 or 17, uh, but his That's son young. is incredible. Uh, that boy hit me with a Dragon Rana, and I'll um, tell you, the Dragon Rana is when someone does a front flip into a Hurricane Rana. Mm. No one I know has ever has ever attempted to do something like that, and this boy, in the middle of a show, in a hot gymnasium, breaks that out like nobody's business. Um, and I've, I've never been more amazed in my life, because as you see mm. a human body flipping in the air at you, getting ready to land on you there's so many thoughts that go through your brain one of them being is this real life (laughs) (laughs) um it's really crazy how and i've told us to ralph on and off the air how age is no longer a factor in wrestling whether it's older or younger i think people like sting have defied the age physics in wrestling so i don't think age matters anymore when it comes to either being older or really young they've had too much to start like age 10 like it's crazy nowadays like the age range that wrestlers are still going at it's it's wild to me because um some of the best wrestlers i've ever been in the ring with have been not old enough to graduate high school oh <laughs> wow that's um, crazy. Uh, there's this kid in north carolina jackson drake uh who <sighs> i wrestled him for a small lucha trying uh show mm-hmm. um and this kid could do, he would run down the entrance ramp and do the inside out 450. Uh, like it was nobody's business. Wow. The, the ceiling on this place wasn't very high. And I mm-hmm. said, are you sure that that's the thing that you use? I do it all the time. This is where I train. That's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? you know, like, uh, just you know I, I, I woke up. I woke up yesterday and I just thought, well, you know, I don't have anything going on today. So I might as well, you know, just run to the ring and do that. Yeah, just right. a natural occurrence. Yeah, I was uh, blew my mind that I was just like, because you know, I I'll take a few risks in training and try to learn something new. Uh, but I'm like, at what point did you go to yourself? You know what I want to try an inside out 450, uh, or outside in 450, and I in a low ceiling like that. And he was like, Yeah, oh, you know, yeah. it's just something you do. <laughs> yeah, just some natural so... like off the cuff no it's just natural it's just just do it yeah. right i was just like man to be that young to not have any concerns about oh, not getting wow hurt. <laughs> yeah that's that's crazy um just just kind of keeping up with some of the um you know discussion about uh promotions um you know obviously a lot of wrestlers talk about you know, this is like their their home promotion, kind of kind of where they got started. Now, things like that. Um, you know, being that 
Ichikar is really not around anymore. Do you do you have somewhere now that you would consider to be like your sort of home promotion? I might I might call it more a home state at this point, an adopted home state. Mm. Um, so there, there are now two companies in Vermont. Uh, there's a the Eastern Township Wrestling Association, uh, the ETWA, all the way up north in uh, in Newport and Derby, Vermont, which is uh, ten minutes from the border of Canada. Um, I've I've been wrestling with them for uh, I guess we're in their second year now. Uh, there's I was their tag uh, with Electro. We were tag team champions for over a year. Uh, recently losing those titles. I actually uh, then, met. Uh, one of the cold hard guapos that you have uh, lost your belts to at the Jerry Cruz this past year, Johnny Pierce. Oh. I actually met him in person. At so least, I... yeah, the, the, the tall one. Yes, the tall one. Well, doesn't run his mouth as often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tall one. He, he's the muscle, so he doesn't need to say much. He, and that's why he has the other one for the uh, you know mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. His uh his tag partner, Ralph, if you haven't met him, is uh is Diego Gonzalez. And uh he puts Rick Rude to shame with how much he does some uh some hip gyrations, I'll tell you. Oh wow. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> six well. times in one match. Oh well, that was gonna... just in the highlight package. That's well, six gonna, too many. I have to seek that guy out. Oh boy. Yeah, I have, yeah. have to check that out. Oh yeah, wow. I, I know everyone loves a good hip job. Yeah, exactly. you, you are you are selling that gimmick hard, let me tell you. <laughs> hard How did it feel to have those tag teams for over a year in that like in that small and not in small, but like in a smaller I mean, you know, show like that, but you but you're holding the, their belts for over a year. That's gotta be like a crazy feeling. Right. It was it was a wild time because uh, those would be like while winning the King of Trios uh, uh, tournament was exciting. Those were medallions. That's a, mm. that's a once a year thing. You you never defend them. They, you, they are yours. Right. We, we were the uh, 2018 Kings of Trios. That is, that'll never go away. Um, but uh, the tag team championships, those were, uh, that's, that's something that is, is tangible. You're defending it every month. You're going up there. Um, I believe there's only two months that we didn't defend it. Oh, uh, that's that's perhaps, a great streak. That's a great yeah. streak. Uh, I know one was because we were, it was uh, the traditional Survivor Series uh, style matchup, and mm. I wasn't missing out on one of those. Um, right. Yeah. So put put the title defenses on hold. We're coming here. I don't and then uh, I believe Electro got six, so I wrestled Travis Huckabee in a singles match. That was the only time we didn't defend the championships. Uh that was, it's a, it's, it's, it was very new for us. Uh, even though we've been doing this for a while, we've never, we've never been on top like that. Um, and that was, it was a very exciting time. Uh, we got to wrestle some tag teams that, uh, sometimes had more experience than us. Sometimes that were put together more. Um, we still challenged that, uh, we only lost the, the tag championships and a four corner tag, uh, hmm. Where all three of the other teams ganged up on us, oh. yeah, in a pinfall yeah. victory. Uh, so those cold hard, hard, yeah, those cold hard guapos uh, like to say that they won the championships, but uh, it took it took was it uh, six other people to hold us down. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's that's really cool. Um, you know, being able to hold those those belts for uh, you know 
that amount of time because i mean that's that's got to feel good in the in in sort of the same respect as the fact that you know a company like that is looking at you and saying okay you know we we believe in you as a team like we're going to put the belts on you we're going to keep them on you for a while because it it kind of validate it can, it kind of validates what you've done up to this point you know that they're kind of seeing you in that light right yeah it it was it was very nice to be um recognized in that moment that uh we were we were worthy uh, one worthy of a shot um because uh we were put in a four corner uh it was a it was a three corner tag match for the mm-hmm. championships um and that was our second time uh, in vermont uh so wow. we went up uh right before the pandemic in early 2020 um and wrestled a trios match uh but then uh, to bring us back and put us in a, a championship opportunity like that, uh, that was very exciting. And then to win uh, was was even more uh, mind-boggling to us. Uh, it meant that we had to go up to Vermont a lot more than we anticipated. But well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a great state. Uh, I was gonna say, sounds drive. like you're enjoying your time up there. Yeah, right. Long drive, but great. State. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've we've now come in, uh, come across the, some new. Uh, activities to see uh mm. we stop at the same rest stop the welcome center uh for vermont uh but now we've taken to grabbing some of the pamphlets for things to see on the way up uh there's a a, a dog park slash chapel that we uh we have on our list to stop That's wow yes That's all breeds all creeds are able to go visit this chapel oh wow yeah we can't wait cool. to go and see a, a few wow. dogs get wed I guess I guess the big question about Vermont is are you tired of the maple syrup yet? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what we're tired of? We're tired of getting lied to about moose. Uh we've been told that there are a ton of moose up in Vermont. Uh we have yet to see one. Uh we drive all hours of the day and, and through the night. Uh yeah. we have yet to see a single moose. Plenty of sign for moose, not a single moose in sight. Uh uh if you do happen to see one, you need to get a selfie with a moose. Like that's yes, you need that's, that's got to be like top on your list. That's your number C- one job now. CC Boost uh, rides up with us for these trips, and mm. uh, uh, it's been long declared that if we see a moose on the side of the road, we need to pull over, and CC Boost is going to have the first ever uh, man versus moose match. Uh, yes, yes, that, uh, I love it. Will be, will be filmed. Um, we even I love the it. one day we detoured. Uh, apparently, there is a stretch of highway in Vermont that is notorious for having moose sightings and perhaps moose-related accidents. Oh uh, no! So we carefully navigated our way to that stretch of the highway uh, oh. to find a moose. <laughs> no moose. No Still moose. no moose. No moose. Wow. When you find that man. moose, you need to document the man versus moose match and put it oh. anywhere you can. Oh, believe me, uh, the uh, the promoters up in the uh, in the Green Mountain State do not like us talking about fighting a moose. No, uh, I, if, uh, I wouldn't think if, so. If it came down to it, well, moose I matches mean, happening over any other thing. Living living in Pennsylvania, got no room to talk. But could you imagine living in a state where you actually had to have a conversation like, that's the road you avoid because there's lots of moose accidents there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was. Uh, I did a Google search and everything for us. Where do people see moose in Vermont? 
And they said there's a 26 mile stretch of highway that that people get in accidents in all the time. Avoid it like the plague. And I said, no, thank nope. you. <laughs> We're going I have a storm. <laughs> that's that's where I've got to be. Dude, I need uh, to we, be in this road right now. Yeah, we uh, we pulled over. We started calling the moose out. Uh, just like every good wrestling promo, we said, hey, moose, you're a coward. <laughs> Play his music. We, were, we had the music guy queued up trying to uh, figure out whatever song moose come out to. Didn't show up. What would be yeah. your uh, big, like, I guess, tag of the match? Man versus Moose. What's the... Does it need a tag more than Man I mean, versus Moose? I think that's enough, but you never know. Just a I mean, pizzazz, I, I, you would, know. I, might, I might call it Moosalmania. I was going to say something great. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. incredible. Perfect. Ralph, Ralph, I'll send you the ticket sales. If Moosalmania <laughs> happens, I will cut you into the box office. That's Done. awesome. We, we need Moosalmania t-shirts now. Oh, <laughs> right. That's that's great. Put that on a shirt, man. That will yeah. sell like hotcakes. You better believe yeah. it. If, if so we talked about CC so many boost like people. Musulmania shirts would be his only merchandise. <laughs> I mean, until it becomes the match, then it's you know a real thing. Right. Yeah. So we don't. All right. Uh, uh, great. Uh, I was just gonna say we started about twenty of great wrestlers that you wrestled in your mm. many different uh, places that you've been. But who would you say is your favorite that you've faced against? Oh, oh man! I had an answer to that recently come up, but then I keep going back to uh, my my perhaps favorite match to go back and rewatch. Uh, favorite person I wish I got to connect with more. Uh, Colt Cabana. Uh, got to wrestle Ooh. Colt Cabana for the uh, Johnny Kid Invitational. Oh yeah, and uh, even I believe I was only you know. A, maybe a dozen or so matches into my career at that point. Uh, everything just felt so easy. Um, right. It was very much, um, uh, even at a beginner like level, um, fun and exciting to be a part of. Um, uh, now that I've got more experience and I'm, I'm more, uh, sure foot in myself, uh, Less nervous about you know how I'm going to do things, but more sure that what I'm going to do is going to be right. Uh, I would love to run that match back. I'm sure there are tons of people in the world that would love to wrestle Colt Cabana all the time. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. Uh, whenever I wrestle uh, CC Boost, things get a little crazy. I enjoy that uh, some days. Some days when I'm when I'm feeling healthy, uh, and I get to <laughs> wrestle CC Boost. And I know I'm going to work out. I'm going to walk out a little banged up. Uh, he's always a treat to work with. Uh, or uh, uh, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger was my more recent one. He is a talent, man. Incredible. Uh, just uh, another person that I'm glad I got to to wrestle with, uh, especially when I've been sure of myself. Uh, it. Through the pandemic wrestling, you know, it's kind of hard because uh, I'm not getting to go to training as often as I used to. Uh, just life has changed a bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's harder to, you know, see the uh, exciting uh, spots that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm very, I'm very much a critic of my own work. 
um, and how I do things and how I could be better and things that uh, should be at a different level in my world. Um, so for a while there, I was very um, down on what my performance looked like. Uh, then uh, one day I got to wrestle uh, Cheeseburger or Labor of Love Philly in a parking lot in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, dressed up as a as a mesh of Hollow Wicked uh, and myself. It was, it was wonderful. I'm glad I got to do it. Uh, really reminded me that that sometimes being with the right person uh, is all that it takes to be back on the level that I want to be at. Yeah, um, Cheeseburger is. I, I mean, I, Cheeseburger knows how to connect with a crowd in in ways that you know a lot of people just simply don't. I feel like that guy could wrestle a broom in an empty room with nothing but chairs and have the chairs giving him a standing ovation. Cause he Absolutely. just, he connects, he connects to people. He's, you know, he's like the guy you'd see, you know, down the street when you go to like, you know, the, the seven 11 in the morning or, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he's very relatable. Um, you know? Right. And like when they talk about the fan energy, like being a thing for wrestlers where like they're feeding off the energy. That, mm. That's that's truly a thing. Like, uh, being in a ring with Cheeseburger and having a, a crowd that, that that's invested in your match, that cares about what's going on, uh, it, it really makes the the work easier. Uh, mm-hmm. It makes it makes everything like, you you want to do better and you 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 work to be better, uh, especially when you're you're opposite of Cheeseburger because he's taking all the reaction that you want. Like ah, don't worry, I'll get them on my side. Um, mm-hmm sorry it has to be at your uh your detriment <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so is is there someone um that you're you're uh aspiring to work with is there somebody that you haven't worked with yet that you really you know have a, a real interest in in getting in the ring with yeah uh this is uh he's kind of he's been around for a bit uh but this is i believe his you know he lives on the east coast now and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Brown, uh, you'll probably have seen him at Wrestling Open, uh, some Beyond shows. He's he's running all over the place on the East Coast. Um, uh, I've been in training classes with Andy Brown, and uh, the first time I ever saw him in person was a PWE show where I was in the crowd and he was wrestling um, Alex Price. And uh, as a as a person, Andy Brown is hilarious. I love being around him. Uh, but as a wrestler, that man is so good. He he's he's put on a little size over the pandemic, uh, but he can move like when he was uh, a young, fresh spring chicken of 182 pounds. Hmm. Like he's a big boy now, but he's still mm-hmm. got all the motion that he used to have, uh, and it's just incredible. Uh, the few times I've gotten to to lock up with him in the ring, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I'll get to. Uh, Tracy Williams is always one on the list. Uh, hot yeah. sauce. Yeah, uh, I do question some days if I can if I could handle the uh, the, the Smash Mouth style that he brings to the ring. Mm. Um, yeah. but uh, it'd be great fun to go in go toe to toe with him. Sure. All right. Do we want to get into your number three pick? Oh, sir. My number three pick. My, I, I'll preface this because uh, I know 
one of my friends, uh, Omega Masks, uh, is going to hate me for choosing this as as a favorite masked wrestler of mine, um, purely because of the mask uh, is not a traditional wrestling mask. Uh, my pick is Tarus, oh. uh, who wears a latex bull mask and is perhaps the strongest man on the planet. He'll disagree with me when I see him, but that man <laughs> uh, is so strong. And incredible. He's crazy he, in the ring, man. I've seen a lot of yeah. his matches. It's just nuts what he can do uh, in the ring, especially for his size, too. He, one time, uh, Ophidian uh, flipped out of the ring right next to him, and he reached out with his left hand, caught the man, a full-grown man, and threw him back in the ring. Ooh. Incredible. Wow. I've, who does that? Yeah. Tarus does that. Tarus <laughs> yeah. the bull man does that. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Um, I I love I love when you see you know I love when you see big men that can just do like crazy stuff like that because a lot of you know a lot of big guys don't necessarily wrestle the big guy style because they don't think it's you know everybody's looking for you know the the high flying action and you've got guys like Keith Lee for example now nothing wrong with Keith Lee I think he's great I think he's very talented but he doesn't wrestle a very big man style so no. you know you. You get when you get to see some guys that that really do some of the, you know, big men stuff like what you just described. Um, you know, I think it's I, I think it brings much more to the match because again, you don't get to see that a whole lot these days. Right, and to me, like especially with lucha, a lot of the the basing, like a lot of being able to just pick guys up and throw them places, oh, gets me going. Mm. I put on a few pounds, uh, Ralph, since the last time you've seen me. <laughs> uh but uh so i've I've moved a bit more into the uh the hybrid style of where I can fly, but mm-hmm. a lot of the time i'm I'm more of a base and uh just having a great appreciation for for the the, the great bases out there the taruses mm-hmm. the uh, the gringo locos of the world um have you wrestled will I ever get to many their level? times before sorry have you have you wrestled uh him at all in your career? Uh, I I was in a match with Tarus. Um, uh, it's, it's the strangest match ever. Uh, that same it was a uh, WrestleMania weekend, uh, 2019, I believe it was the New York one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrestled the Chikara afternoon show, and then traveled out of Jersey City into New York City uh, to wrestle on High Spots um, direct challenge to the uh, Joey Ryan or the uh, the Joey Janela spring break. Hmm. Uh, I was on the Joey Ryan penis party match. Show. <laughs> um, oh boy. In, in what they dubbed the king of the concrete jungle match, uh, which this participation list is absolutely nutty. Uh, it was me, Puma King, Tarus, hmm. Mr. Iguana, Shark Boy, and Ultimo Dragon. That's ridiculous. Wow. Absolutely nutty. I almost got bumped Jeez. from the match because I didn't ask for enough pay, as I was told. I was, <laughs> wow, you didn't ask for enough pay. That's I didn't ask that's for enough one. pay, so they said this kid might one. not be good enough. Oh, jeez. Wow. And, wow. Uh, props out to Rob Viper, uh, the Lucha Gifts guy from Twitter who got me uh, the, the booking. He said, don't worry, he'll take more money, and uh, kept me in the match as they threw in Ultimo Dragon as a surprise. Uh, that uh, that Wild. that that Jersey City weekend was uh, a, a crazy weekend. 
I remember the I remember the afternoon Shikara show, and then that was that was the night of the uh, the Blackcraft Wrestling disaster. Oh yeah, I, I was home. at that show. Let me tell oh, you, we that oh. was the lo- it was the longest show I've ever been to. I mean, I was you know we were there like I don't know five or six hours. It was ridiculous. Um, and, and they just nothing nothing worked right for them. That um, you know, no ropes, chain, barbed wire thing. That was the biggest disaster I've ever seen. Like, just I've I've never seen a company self implode like that in one evening. I I got to watch that show. Uh, so I was at the I was at the penis party. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I stayed through intermission. Tried to sell some some merchandise. Sure. Uh, and then that show was taken forever. And the trains from. <laughs> This is Ultimo Ant. I've dropped off the call again. Don't worry. I'll be back soon. As, you, as Just as a little recap, you know, you were at the penis party, as any good wrestler would be. And you were, of course. You were, of course. you were trying to uh, sell some merch to the penis party attendants. Of uh, course. You know, you're trying to get, uh, get Ultimo Ant out there in the penis party world. And yeah, right. uh, I was suffering... Uh, silently in another building at a black craft wrestling show which you apparently got to see a little bit of right because i got home from the penis party uh took my train all the way back to jersey city to the uh the airbnb that i had mm-hmm. rented with a cast of characters sure uh, and so i walk into the uh to the room because uh, it, it was like a it was a one floor apartment kind of deal where people were sleeping all over the place but the, everyone was gathered around the TV watching a wrestling show. And I was like, aren't they all done by this point of the night? <laughs> nope. And uh, on the couch was a uh, war horse, um, Jake mm-hmm. Parnell yeah. and uh, Gary, the bar now, not the bar now anymore, but Gary J. Um, and Ophidian was in, was, was my roommate for the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I walk into uh this Midwest car that I had no idea who any of them were, uh, except for Gary J. I recognized as being part of the submission squad. Um, and then they're like, no, 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 you need to watch this disaster. And I said, oh, I just, I just wrestled a match. I need, I want to go shower. And they said, no, this is not the time. <laughs> you don't understand. No. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> and so they kept me out there until it was over and then said, okay, you can go shower now. But only now, <laughs> <laughs> only right now. Oh, right. that 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 show was just um, insanity. Uh, I I had a I had attended that show and the Chikara afternoon show with uh, my good friend Will of Front Row Chikara fame. Yes, uh, uh, lowercase Will. We'll... <laughs> yes, lowercase uh, Will. That's a great. Yes. that should that would be an amazing wrestler name. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll pull back the curtain that Ralph knows that I used to be the doorman for Chikara uh, for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone's okay. name, uh, when they would buy their tickets ahead of time, uh, would come whatever they, they signed up onto the Chikara website as. Okay. With proper capitalization. Right. Except for lowercase Will. He was the only one on the list that was all lowercase letters. <laughs> very easy to find him. That's, very easy that's to find hilarious. Him. Very easy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, hello lowercase how are you doing uh, (laughs) yeah i you know i i I miss those days um yeah anybody that didn't get to experience chikara 
in in any fashion, um, especially live shows. And I don't want to get into too much here because down the line we plan on you know having a having a, a whole episode and a, a big thing to to talk about Shakara, but. Um, the atmosphere there was just completely different than anywhere else uh, I'd ever been. Um, the the interaction between the fans, the wrestlers, um, the whole thing just felt like a, a big family. And, you know, here I was every other weekend driving three hours to get down to Philly to see shows. I'd be there early all the time because I always wanted to get, you know, my my seat. I always wanted to sit in the, the same area and... Um, you know, just hanging a uh, uh, hanging out outside the building, and you know, wrestlers coming in for the show, and we'd be hanging out, talking outside. You know, uh, Sidney Bacabella'd be telling me about you know what culinary delight he had in his smoker that week, or you know, I mean, just the the most the most ridiculous things. Um, watching the guys five minutes before the show starts show up with the hot pretzels. Always my yeah. favorite, uh, yeah. but it was just it was just a different atmosphere. It was it was a the word fun could not be used enough to describe what it was like to be in a Chikara show. It was fun. It was interactive. A lot of times there were a lot of times where mm. you, you guys made us feel like we were also a part of the show, other than just observers. I know mm. my favorite part for a lot of was the intro before the show started. We had Bryce come out and two people dressed in a fully black like vacant outfit if you will um <laughs> they would perform like the okay this is what we do this is how we do it this is how we pin this is how you submit this is how you throw this is how you do a count out and it was just so fun because it was just over the, the it was just over the topics uh, explaining how a match works but in the most fun way and it was just i i, I almost love that more than the actual show itself yeah no the the I believe they started doing that because uh... this is Ultimo Ant. I've dropped off the call again. Don't worry, I'll be back soon. So we were, so we were just talking about Shakara a little bit there. Uh, just kind of talking about the 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 family atmosphere of things and the uh... fun atmosphere, the interactive, the pre-show. Yeah. Now, the people who are in those black suits were those like trainees, not actual yeah. wrestlers. Those were the uh, the move set boys. Uh, okay, they were yeah. Those were uh, people that were on their way to get on shows, um, mm. but tucked under uh, a mask and very good at one specific move. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> very cool. Hip toss. Hank never got to show off his hip oh, toss. Let me know. I've oh, seen it in training. Man, aces. Best hip toss you've ever seen. Listen, so, I I think that Chikara has to be the number one promotion in coming up with names for people because oh, na- not just not just the no namers but like you know uh when 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 chuck taylor lost his name and he was going under other names like i always show people the show where he came out and he was announced as this is how we do it and i think that was one of my favorite ones those were all chuck taylor creations i want you to know that he has a book himself um of course he does those- those were his own. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Scoot Tatum. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, such good times. I, I believe one of my favorites I've heard from the book is uh, No Gimmicks Needed, Steve the Pirate. Nice. Oh. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Did, didn't he come out as Trent Beretta one time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, just like nonsense, not? but so fun. Isn't 
uh, Chuck Taylor like an inaugural ant? Because I think it was before your time, but he actually did, as I recall, steal an ant outfit and then wrestle in New Japan as one of the ants. Ah, uh, so wow. Um, yes and no. <laughs> um, he, he might he might have been part of the family at one point. Uh, but I found that the uh, the the Japanese. Uh, person who wrestled and stole uh, that that Chuck Taylor stole uh, Green Ant's gear and gave to a Japanese person to wrestle uh, was the winger. He gave the gear to the winger, mm. uh, huh. and uh, thus uh, the lineage of of all the people that have worn green and been an ant uh, grew uh, wow. three times that day. Yeah, <laughs> I had, I had never heard that before. Wow, that's very that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, Chuck Taylor found the right person to throw on the gear. To, yep, to pick up a win in in Japan. Yeah, huh. I saw that, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if that would be considered an inaugural ant part of the colony, or if he hmm. was just a thief that stole one of your costumes. He's a thief, dirty rotten <laughs> thief. He is dirty Terrible. rotten thief. Yeah. All right. I think it's time we get into your number two ma- favorite masked wrestler. Great segue. It's the one that I'm not allowed to use every time, but I'm going to use it this oh, time. Of course. Green Ant, the OG, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. boy. Very cool. Very good. So, the one that made me realize that I could maybe possibly perhaps do this wrestling thing. Green Ant, the original. Deep in my heart. Amazing. Very now, cool. Were you how were you bestowed as Green Ant 2, if I may so ask? Ah. Uh, so as it was told to me, um Well, I mean it wasn't really told to me. Uh I left the colony uh as a Green Ant. We're from the same community, uh same look, same stature, same uh same grizzly old man demeanor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh that's uh i just i just felt uh i was too much in the green ant community to not be a, a green ant in the world uh <laughs> forging my own path but yeah uh my my brethren in green one in the same i thought maybe he'd pass the torch on to you when it was his time to uh step down so, as green ant so uh, by that point he'd have been silver ant for for, for many years um i believe he, uh he evolved i think right? he evolved yeah yeah as as green ants do green mm-hmm. ants also point they point and they evolve that's what wow. green ants do big <laughs> characteristics of them um but uh so by that point he was already uh in the retirement home and i i would visit him from time to time uh but uh not much uh not much in the way of uh, training with each other. I believe mm-hmm. we might have only trained together once, uh, and that was just in the same ring. It wasn't even uh, an interaction together uh, before he retired, which uh, always makes me shed a, a small tear uh, that that my big brother was was there, and we didn't get to do the didn't get didn't get to do the do yeah. as the kids say. Now, why would he be upset that you put him out under your number two? Because I think that's a pretty big honor See, to be put no. out number two on this list. What you know here is he would never be upset about that. 
<laughs> Green Ant the OG. Very excited when I tell him these things. Uh, it's everyone else in my circle who oh, says that's okay. cheating. That's oh, not okay. fair. I recently did. Uh, there was a, a Twitter thing going around of like you versus the wrestler, like the wrestler that inspired you. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I put myself in Green Ant the OG, nice. and uh, I got I got lit up online. Oh, Isn't, that's sure cheating. <laughs> they said that you can't do that. I said, why oh, can't? I? That's it's terrible. The truth. Right. You terrible. Can. Do whatever you yeah. want, man. Right. Terrible. That's what I said. I said, get off my page. No, yeah. Exactly. Get out I didn't of block here. them. Out. Yeah. Get out of here. That's it. Yeah. I said, this is my corner of the Twitterverse, and uh, I'll say who I like best in it. All right. Exactly. Yeah. So, what show or shows do you currently follow right now? Uh, let's see. Uh, Monday nights, I always watch Raw, even. Even if it's terrible, I'm mm-hmm. always on the Monday yeah. Night Raw train. You gotta keep up. What's the biggest one doing? Exactly. Uh, sure. Uh, Wednesdays are a very interesting bag for me right now because um, I will use this time to plug the brand new wrestling school coming to the Philadelphia area, the the, the Catchpoint Gym. I am so uh, glad you did that because I'm just finding out about this now, and I am so excited that that is happening because that is an opportunity for some people that. Uh, I mean, it's 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 an invaluable opportunity. Let me tell you, uh, I love going there. Uh, Drew Gulak was one of my original trainers. Uh, one of my first nights after signing up to be a full time uh, Wrestle Factory student, mm-hmm. uh, I did a class with Drew Gulak. That was the most intimidating class I've ever done in my life. Uh, he mm-hmm. would get in the ring with someone. He would do a series of moves, and then would get out of the ring, and then the next person would come in and have to do those exact same moves. Um, I was brand new. Uh, my first time in, I asked how to do something and he said, just do it. Oh, Uh, (laughs) and so I did it. Uh, and he said, your thumb was in the wrong spot and move your feet this way. When you do it next time, I said, should I try it again? He said, get out of the ring. (laughs) Okay, sir. Uh, Oh, wow. Uh, Drew has a, uh, he's very, uh, firm in his teaching um mm-hmm. but uh also is very encouraging in, in helping you get better uh every night that i go there wednesday nights uh are when i usually make my appearance i'm trying to do wednesday nights as my wrestling nights mm-hmm. um, okay so I, I i alternate right now between uh the catchpoint gym and the worldwide dojo with a cheeseburger um when when i when i go to cheeseburgers it's great i get to i get to help with the uh with the lucha, uh, mm-hmm. but when I go to the Catchpoint gym, it's all ears on 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 what we're learning. And uh, Drew loves making sure that we're learning what we want to learn. He asks us all the time, "Hey, uh, what what do you guys want to work on tonight?" And then off we go with uh, forty five minutes of of in the ring wrestling to start you up, uh, warm you up, and then into whatever class has that night. Uh, the only downside. Uh, the Catchpoint Gym has a 20-foot ring, which uh, is not a standard ring for indie wrestling. No. It's uh, about two foot sh- uh, longer or, or four foot longer, depending on where you're at in, in wrestling there. Sure. Uh, so it's a big old ring. And if you want to do the things I do, like run across it, hmm. it's a long way to the other side. A long way to the <laughs> other side for sure. <laughs> that... Gotta make gotta make sure you got that cardio in check. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That you're ready to go for that stuff. I mean... yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting that you plug that 
because that gives me a chance to plug our last episode. If you haven't listened to episode six yet, please do. Interestingly enough, we went over our top uh, five overrated and underrated wrestlers, and Drew Gulak was my honorable mention for my list because, mm-hmm. I no, y- y- listen, if you've seen him on the indies, you know what he is. If you've only seen him in WWE, you are just hitting the tip of the iceberg. You're missing out he on who like it really was. Yeah, sure. he'll he'll never he'll never get the the fair shot that he deserves in WWE. He'll never be featured the way he should be, because uh, that guy would seriously wrestle circles around everyone. I I do believe, excitingly, the things that uh, that really matters is that the office likes him. Sure. Yeah. If you look at the people that he trains when he's there, mm-hmm. my man holds quite the accolade on all the people that have passed through him. Every celebrity that you see go into that ring, he's had a hand with them. So we might see him underrated around the wrestling fans, but where it counts, uh, he's in good hands. Very cool to know. So then let me ask you on Thursdays, because there's multiple Thursday shows. Do you watch Ring of Honor mm. or do you watch Impact Wrestling? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> if I told you neither, <laughs> I'd be okay. outing myself because I have a lot of friends that wrestle on uh, Ring of Honor TV. Sure. Um, I, I, I usually try to catch up with Raw and uh, AEW's Wednesday show. Okay. Uh, is what I usually try to keep a grasp on. Um, Sometimes, depending on the the night for the pay per view or the premium live event, uh, I'm not so hot on the premium live events all the time. Mm-hmm. But AEW pay per views, I'll, I'll I'll tune into a, an AEW event, sure, uh, all day long. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, older episodes, we mentioned in an older episode that, uh, and I'm and I and I can ask you real quick, Ultimo Ant, maybe get your opinion on it. This year's Double or Nothing. Me and Ralph both gave it a B. How do you feel about that show? That's fair. That's a. I think B's a fair rating. Um, it really picked up in the second half. It wasn't I really enjoyed hmm. that it was good or bad. It was just kind of there to us because right. they've had so much bigger shows than that in the past, and this one just didn't feel like it had that same gumption that other uh, live events that they've had on weekends have been. You know? Yeah. I. I mean. Do I I love anytime Jeff Jarrett gets to hit someone with a guitar? Oh, um, of course, of course. Or Karen yeah. Jarrett gets to whip out one of her own. Um, so yeah. uh, and the the four pillars match was was very exciting to see. It was great. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was one of those ones that like I wasn't offended by it either way. Uh, there's a lot of stuff early on that I was like, ah, eh, this match, I'll take it or leave it. Um, mm-hmm. But like towards the back half of stuff were the things that I really wanted to watch, which is, which is what they're really good at is like stacking the back half of, of yeah. pay-per-views. Sure. They play the philosophy of, of if you leave them with something to, that they want to remember, mm. uh, they'll call it a good show. They, they really lean into that. Well, they've, and they've got so much, I mean, they've got so much coming up right now. I mean, they, they have a huge stack of shows coming up. I think I mean, Forbidden Door on paper. I mean this this could be this could be one of their. I mean this could be one of the greatest shows in the last ten years. Uh, Forbidden Door has bar, for sure. It's yeah, it's it's got the opportunity, and uh, you know, we're kind of at the point where what are we going to do here? Because are they really gonna 
I mean, are they really going to stack Forbidden Door any more than it already is? Because now they've got Wembley after that. So, like, how do you, you know, because whatever you do at Forbidden Door, you've got to do bigger at Wembley. So, uh, you know, it's um, it's it's a it's a it's a hard thing to kind of figure out the balance between those two. But I think Forbidden Door is going to be amazing. Uh, if you missed that show, I don't even know if you're a wrestling fan because it's I, on paper what are right you now. Doing with your life. Yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> well, it's, I, I'm very excited about uh, Forbidden Door, but the Wembley show, that's where all eyes are. I think everyone's I mean, got an eye yeah, on Wembley. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, they haven't even announced anything yet. And, uh, I mean, ticket sales are beyond what people could have imagined they'd be able to do. So, they haven't mentioned a single match, and they've already sold over 60,000 tickets, yeah, which to me insane. is just insane. I love it. It's my favorite. Let's get more in them. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. It's just, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's like with – so I'm going on the Jericho Cruise for the third time next year. Mm-hmm. And he only announced one name, and it sold out. And it was Paul White. <laughs> and, it, and it sold out in like, what, I think a week? And they haven't announced anybody since then, but they only announced Paul White, and it was gone before it was even on sale. I think that's, oh. that just shows like the power – Sometimes that some shows have that you don't even need to announce a match or anything. You just announce mm. maybe even one name, and they're sold. That's it. Yeah. Well, I I do believe, and uh, so like on on like a bigger level for the for a couple years, like Joey Janela's Spring Break, uh, for the most part, like the atmosphere that they built on that first show, um, was incredible. Uh, like. The the show name itself sells it more than anybody on it. Absolutely. Um, like even uh the the LVAC shows in uh Lehigh Valley right now, like they've never not sold sold out a show. Yeah. Uh, and right now it it like it's tough as a wrestler to like I'd be hard pressed if I was emailing them to get on the shows. I don't need to email, I have other ends, you see. Um but uh sure. uh the people that would need to email to get on the show, it's hard pre you'd be hard pressed to say like I bring value to your show in terms of more people because mm-hmm. those sell out on name value alone. LVAC doesn't have to announce anybody. They just oh, need yeah. to announce a show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they, they put, they, they put out great shows. I mean, um, you know, they've got phenomenal indie talent that comes in there. Um, you know, the, the people running shows are great. Um, you know, my, my friend, uh, in China that, that teaches English that, uh, works with a wrestling company over there. He was a uh, ring announcer uh, the first year. He emailed them up and said, hey, I do backstage interviews. And uh, so, you know, just seeing seeing how the how they run the shows and how they put things together, um, you know, it is a, it is a, a very good show for uh, an indie company, you know, run by a T-shirt company. Like, it's, it's incredible. Right. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Yeah. So that's why it's it's crazy to know that like there's some there are some brands that are worth more than any of the, the parts underneath of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. Uh, wow, I, I, I love it. I, I hope that AEW uh recognizes the power that they have as as just a brand with selling sixty thousand tickets to Wembley <laughs> on name alone. Yeah, yeah. on just absolutely the announcement alone, it sold out within like I think like two or three days, and it was just not that it sold out, but like it sold above and beyond more what, than people would thought. Oh, yeah. what anybody yeah. thought that AW would have done, they went above and beyond that and sold 
almost I I think they hold what almost eighty thousand plus in that arena. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, yeah a little over eighty thousand. So sixty thousand for a relatively new company that's only been four years old. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh, love to see it. Yeah, very cool. All right, so uh, let's let's move on. It's the big uh, reveal here. Your your number event. one. Very exciting for this. This is uh, the main event of our featured topic for the number evening. Number one and, pick uh, from Sir Ultimo Ant. What do you got? Yeah. Oh no, that's fine. I'll I'll leave it. Not on the mask. Uh, the honorable mention based oh, off of masks okay. alone. I, I uh, love honorable mentions. Good, good. Mask good. alone. My favorite guy wearing masks right now, Teton, always comes out with something crazy. Mm-hmm. Doing the uh, the open mouth head ones. He's got the skull mm-hmm. inside of it. He's got every variation of of a, of a mask in the world. Teton aces on the mask design. Very but cool. to me, the number one masked wrestler, uh, based off of uh, influence and where you can see all the trainings he's done. El Maestro Dale, Maestro uh, Skyda. Okay. My man has been uh, an integral part of, of wrestling uh, all over the world. Um, uh, in, he came, spent some time at the Wrestle Factory with Chikara, taught mm-hmm. us uh, his, his you know, versions of Yave's. Uh, when I went to Japan, I spoke no Japanese. I want you to know, I spent all of my life preparing myself to go to Mexico. Yeah. So I learned to speak Spanish, and I go to Japan instead hey. of Mexico. <laughs> I don't speak a lick of Spanish or a lick of lick of Japanese. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Michinoku Pro sends their uh, students on excursion, and some of their older generation. Uh, were members of the Toriumon project, mm-hmm. which all learned under Skyda. So it meant that while I couldn't actually talk to them with actual Japanese words, in the ring, we knew the same language. Oh, that's uh, very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. If you look at Okada, Okada mm-hmm. learned under Skyda. Uh, his reach throughout the world of wrestling is so pervasive mm-hmm. uh, that to not be my favorite uh, would be a dishonor to the man who uh, originated a style of wrestling and trained the, the world in it uh, that I've grown to love and try to do myself. Right. Um, and yeah. that's what's, that's, what's really important too is, you know, um, you can, you can look at wrestlers uh, of a certain generation or, or certain style or a certain type. And you, you know, you try to quantify what they've done into some sort of, you know, measurable amount. So you can say, well, you know, I think this guy is greater than this guy. Um, but it's really, it, it's, it's almost not so much about what they do in the ring, but the legacy they're going to leave and, and what they've done, you know, to, to better the business. And when you have someone like that, who, you know, has obviously, um, his, as you said, his, his reach is just, you know, worldwide. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to argue with something like that. Yeah. I mean, just on like, uh, even second layers from him are just incredible. Uh, Australia learned most of their stuff from 
the Wrestle Factory, mm-hmm. uh, and all of our stuff was was bitten from uh, Skyda. Uh, the Performance Center models uh, a lot of their training structure off of the Wrestle Factory because of who they have there with Sarah mm-hmm. Ray. Sure, Skyda. Uh, he's just uh, he's uh, he's at Bandito's gym currently teaching all of Bandito's students. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just it's just wild how a man. Uh, who even admittedly is not great in front of like is not great at connecting with a crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, training is incredible. Is just being able to spread what he does uh, far and wide. Uh, it's just awesome. It's awesome to see and look and peel back and try to uh, uh, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon with with Skyda and mm. people around the mm. world of like how can I connect the dots of. Uh, who my trainers were versus their trainers and why do we all come back to the grandfather uh of skyda yeah that's that's really cool just like you said being able to link you know things that we're looking at right now things that are shaping what wrestling looks like right now and being able to connect those back to one person who really just put something out there that probably going to continue to influence generations long after we're all gone. Um, and, uh, and you know, no some of these people don't get enough credit for, for what they do. So yeah, very yeah. cool. Very cool. All right. So, we, so I have one last question cause I'm just curious. Oh, um, answer. Cause we've talked about many of your accolades, what you've done in your career where you've been, your big shows, but I want to know in your mind, what was the biggest show that you've worked in your career up to this point? The It's an easy answer. It's a fun answer. Um, uh, the biggest show, both by numbers and impact, uh, in the wrestling world, uh, I got to wrestle on uh, Jushin Liger's retirement from the Tohoku uh, region oh, of Japan. Man, wow, that's over a thousand people awesome. in that building. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. That's yeah. I mean, just you know, to to think about you know what what that means to be a part of that. I mean, just how you you know how how you look at anything else and say like. You know, this is anything is ever going to be bigger than what I've done here. Like that's incredible, and and I'm sure uh, a a great honor to be a part of something like that. Yeah, uh, and for some reason it just clicked on me that I, I think I only won once or twice in Japan, and and one of those times was on Jushin Liger's retirement from the Tohoku region of Japan show mm-hmm. with the Chikara special. So that's very uh, cool. Uh, yeah, what a terrible cool. time for for Michinoku Pro. What a what a dark day for them to have yeah. both me uh, <laughs> submitting one of their their longtime wrestlers in the middle of the ring with the Chikara Special, and also Liger retiring in a uh, a tag team match with with Sasuke and uh, Dick Togo and and Jinsei Shizaki. Well, same show, just listen. I mean, there's. Terrible. I there's there's only there's only one way to get out of the Chikara special that I've ever heard of, and I don't think it made it to Japan yet. No, uh, Happy Mon did not know that he could have just kicked me in the head a bunch of times uh, <laughs> oh, instead of submitting. That's all you gotta uh, do. That's all you gotta do. It's just that's that's oh, the yeah. free leg. I didn't even I didn't even hit him with the Chikara special green. I didn't even hit him with my own variation. 
I just did the yeah. regular one and said, watch this world. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. Watch this. See what I can do. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah. So before we, before we kind of wrap things up here, um, you know, the more and more that we do this show and the more and more that we talk about professional wrestling, and I'm sure it's, it's only going to continue. Cause I, I had a conversation with somebody last week, like we're at the point in our lives where, you know, a, a lot of our, a lot of our heroes, a lot of our legends, a lot of the people that we look up to are getting to that point in life where, you know, people could be gone at any day. So, um, obviously this, this past week we had the, uh, passing of the iron Sheik, another legend in our business. Um, you know, here's a guy who, um, again, if you've, if you've watched his biography on any, if you know anything about him, he's had, you know, uh, just a ridiculous life, the obstacles that he overcame to get where he was. But I don't think this guy gets uh, enough credit. Um, you know, he was, a true he was like, of the time, a true trail. Well, and he was, sure. yeah. And, and he was, a. Uh, he was a transitional champion, really, when you look at it. But here's a guy who, you know, um, de- defeated Bob Backlund after his long reign. And then he's the guy who Hogan beat. So, like, he's a part of the whole start of this, you know, rise of, of Hulkamania and, and just the, the rise of Hulk Hogan. So definitely does not get um, enough credit. Um, so so let me ask you, have you, have you ever had any uh interaction with the iron sheik have you ever been on shows or been where he's at or surprisingly no like i i feel like he was on shows often mm-hmm. but like never one that i was on which uh disappointing man yeah i could have gone for a a hogan hate uh spiel in, in person yeah <laughs> um so so i'm I, I saw him one time. Well, I actually saw him twice, but um, I, I went to a, a convention in New Jersey called Legends of the Ring. Uh, it's, a, it's a popular convention every year. Um, and so I, I went there one year, and they had the Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund sitting next to each other at a table. <laughs> so if you've never met Bob Backlund in person, let me tell you, it's it's a treat, but it's also... Uh, the most confusing and insane time you might ever live through. This guy is is ridiculous. He will go out in the lobby and he will berate fans while they're in the lobby because they're you know plebeians and they don't know about their you know history and politics. This is a guy that even if you pay for an autograph, will harass you into trying to name all the presidents in order to get his autograph. Like it's he lives the gimmick, but it's it's like insanity. So. He's sitting next to the Iron Sheik, and I'm way over on the other side of the room, so I really shouldn't be able to hear him, but it seems like Bob Backlund yells everything. So all of a sudden, over a sea of people, you see Bob Backlund stand up on the table and scream at the top of his lungs, will somebody please get the Iron Sheik a sandwich? My friend, the Iron Sheik is hungry. And he just stood there yelling that until somebody brought a sandwich over. So that's, that's hilarious. That's, that's, that's my interaction with the iron sheet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so again, uh, you know, uh, uh, another legend gone. I'm afraid we'll have to do this more times than not. Um, Unfortunately, it's just, yeah. yeah, we're at that point where, you know, everybody's kind of getting in that age bracket where, you know, a lot of the guys that really, you know, 
we kind of knew growing up the the legends and and the names that people talk about now uh they're all they're all getting to that age where anything could happen and you know uh it's it's interesting that you know the iron sheik was getting so much due now you know especially with the a and e biography um and and then this happens so uh you know condolences to friends family and uh those who knew and loved uh the iron sheik so with that being said uh looks like we're about ready to wrap things up here but let's uh let's tell everybody where they can uh find you online first uh Oh, I believe I am at Ultimo Ant on all of the social medias that you could probably want to find me on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I tried to grab uh, just the, the, the regular version of at Ultimo Ant. Mm-hmm. Uh, upcoming shows I have. Oh, dates are going to be the real fun time. Dates and locations. That's what they tell you kids to know. Yes, dates and uh, locations. Very, very, very the- important. Yeah, the 24th, I am in Central PA for a festival of some sort. (laughs) Of some sort. And then the 25th, I'm back in Philadelphia at Philomoka for Labor of Love. Uh, I believe this is... It's a charity show. We're benefiting one of the worthy causes that... uh, that are plaguing the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's of the the two upcoming bookings that I, I certainly know and have been announced for. Very cool. Uh, Very good. Uh, so... I know I'll be in Vermont uh, mm-hmm. as as often as Vermonters will let me in. So <laughs> if you're one of my Vermont friends, uh, keep an eye out. I'll, I'll be. You'll hear about it before before the world will. Yeah, very cool. So, uh, if, and of course, you know, this is going to now light fires under promoters. Uh, everybody is going to want to get Ultimo Ant on their show. And honestly, if you don't, you should. So, what is, uh, what's the best way if somebody wants to, uh, inquire about booking you for a show? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, Twitter DMs, as, uh, archaic as it sounds, uh, are great ways to to reach out to me um i i see those uh often unless uh ralph tells you otherwise uh but that's just been a busy week yeah uh, <laughs> um and then uh on my twitter bio and all of my social media bio there's a an email address anthillwrestles at gmail.com uh that is a great place to send your booking inquiries um, and I will get back to you there in a more professional format, uh, with a signature line at the bottom. Oh, so, so, you know, Very cool. if, yeah. if you guys like, uh, emails that, uh, start off with hello and your name and mm-hmm. end with thanks, comma, Ultimo Ant, I'm your guy. Wow. I, I think, I think I'm going to book you to hang out for the afternoon just so I can get that email. Yep. Oh, that's a, yep. oh, that's a that's a standard reply. The uh, the when the booking is confirmed, it's a uh, warm regards. Oh, so very cool. <laughs> Best yeah, see, ever. That's class right there. That's you know that's just a class act. Yeah, that's that's very classy. I like that's, it. Uh, you get what you pay for here, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So, uh, Sean, where can people find you? 
at pretty much all the medias similar to Ultimo. I am at Harmachizel. Very cool. Again, I always say, try to spell the last part. You're probably not going to figure it out. Uh, it's not hard to find me. I'm pretty much everywhere at Real Ralph 316 because, you know, that's how I roll. Uh, and, of <laughs> course, if you want to get in contact with us here at the show, uh, we are on all the socials at Mancast Network. Uh, so please feel free to reach out to us, contact us, let us know what you like, what you don't like, who you want to see. Uh, we're always open to suggestions and uh, you can find us pretty much everywhere where you get podcasts. So please uh, rate, review and subscribe. We would uh, appreciate it. Um, we've had a, a great response so far and uh, we want to keep the opinion city train rolling. So please uh, get out there and interact with us. And, and guys, this has been a phenomenal podcast for our, uh, our first guest ever Ultimo Ant. Uh, it has been an absolute honor and a pleasure to get to spend some time with you and, and talk to you again. It has been far too long since we've had the opportunity to really talk. We pass cross here and there. I will say my wife was in shock when we went to the uh, Steel Smackdowns show and you were behind your merchandise table and you called out to me and she was like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm like, hey, these are, these are my people. That's so yes, it was I nice am part of your to, people, Ralph. You you let her know. Yeah, it was nice to actually meet you for the first time, even though I've seen you live wrestle before, but not in person. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad when I get to to my goal is to slowly pluck every fan out of the crowd and get to get to know at least their name and their face. Were uh, you so at that way the uh, sorry? fan enclave on day two? That uh, year? I sure was. I was. Uh, man, I was being a menace that day um uh there's uh there's uh what are they oh man the the brain damage is really kicking in uh it's where they have the chairs at musical chairs oh yeah yeah i had to help set that up i took some pictures with some fans i was coordinating a uh podcast interview uh for uh some of my drag friends uh at uh the nobody's podcast oh yeah and so uh yeah it was uh that was a that was a day walked past yolanda at the at the uno table oh never listen get, never get close to her with uno that, listen that uno that uno table was intense and i will tell you a little secret at one point uh because because yolanda and i bonded over uno we we actually met before that but we bonded over uno and at one point we had plans to try and host a World Series of Uno tournament at the Wrestle Factory, so we had we had been working on that, and it just never materialized before things shut down. And that's one of my uh, great regrets in life is that we never got that off the ground. But yeah, her at the Uno table was just insane. So yeah, it's uh it's been a great episode. And, uh, you know, we want to thank our, our special guest, Ultimo Ant. And, uh, so we will be, uh, talking to you very soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. And we look forward to, uh, sharing our opinions with you again. See you next week. This is Ultimo Ant here. You're listening to Opinion City Podcast. 
Thanks for tuning in. Happy